Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me. I hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You've got your great cup of Joe, and you're ready to go. So, I'm going to start off with a question. You can answer it if you feel like it, or you can just kind of sit there and be quiet. If I would ask you right now, what is the five most sins that Christians sweep under the rug? Could you answer that? Could you come up with more? Could you come up with less? But also, have you ever swept a sin under the rug? Put it away in the closet. Say, hey, it's not that bad. It's no big deal. It'll be okay. Because we've all done it. But we need to understand that God tells us to confess our sins and he would forgive us. So today I want to look at the five sins that most Christians sweep under the rug. And the first one of these is pride. We all been there and we've all done it. We've been prideful. We've been proud. We've been boastful. We've been all of this because we are dealing with a social media that the main avenue of pride comes from individuals, including Christians. Pride can also promote one's appearance and accomplishment and social status. When an individual becomes prideful, we can slip into being in the practice of being snobs. We need to realize it's good to be confident in yourself, but being prideful is a sin. The Old Testament is full of examples and scriptures that tells us that the sin of pride and its dangers, and it warns us that When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Even in the New Testament, the scriptures say that God opposes the the proud and shows favor to the humble. Apostle Paul tells us to live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people in lower positions. Don't be conceited. And in all the scriptures and all the passages, it tells us not to be prideful. Throughout our daily lives, we need to take a moment and look at the truth of the heart. We need to look at the fact that even though the mainstream society and the social uh, connections promote the pride of being a good thing, we need to understand we need to be more humble rather than prideful. And we've all been there. We've all been prideful in one uh, form or another in our lives. But social media is one of the biggest driving points, in my opinion, that's causing people to say, hey, look at me. Look at my achievements. Look at what I've done. Give me a a thumbs up. Give me a heart. Give me this. Give me that. You know, here I am. Be proud of me. But even as kids, we've done it, too, because we went to our parents. We want our parents to be proud of us. We want our parents to to recognize our achievements and make big deals out of that. But that can be taken out of context and it can be turned into something worse. Okay. So the second one that I'm going to get into is huge. This is what we all do. Gossip. It's the second sin that Christians sweep under the rug. Gossip is extremely preventable in today's society. But we choose not to. All right. We look at the tabloid headlines, the Internet articles, even the social media saturated with the latest gossip. And sadly, even in our own churches, 
Gossip is common. Christians tend to sweep gossip under the rug because they think what they're doing is caring and looking out for one another and taking care of their their brother and sister in Christ. But really, it's not good. It's not okay. And if you've been a victim of gossip, you know that how unpleasant it feels and how horrible it feels to be subject to the hurt and lies that is spread about you. And that's happened in my my life. Um, it happens quite often. People love to gossip because they love to be able to talk about others. All right. A little saying that I always come up with and I say, and I've, I've tried to share it with other people is this. If you're talking about me, that means you're giving somebody else a break. All right. I've been talked about all my life. I got thick skin. And so if I'm able to, to take the brunt of it, to keep from somebody else catching it that may hurt them, I'm for it. All right. We need to know that gossip has no place in a Christian's life. As Christians, we do not need to sweep this under the rug and act like it's no big deal. Gossiping is a very big deal and it causes harm to others, even may hurt their worth and they look at their perceived values. And what I mean by this is let's look at the mental health crisis that's going on today. And I know I may digress here for a minute, but please uh, stick with me. Think about all the young people, the young adults that are committing suicide at a high rate because they're being bullied online. They're not socially acceptable. They don't have anything in common with people. They're isolated and all of this. Some say it started during the pandemic when we're all stay at home, but I don't believe that for the simple reason is I know it's been going on before the pandemic. It was going on during the time when I was in high school and junior high. Kids were killing themselves because they didn't fit in because you have the haves and the have nots. All right, you have the preppy kids, you have the the trailer park trash kids, as they used to call us. You have the football stars, and you have the uh, the the ones that just hang out and do things. I mean, there were so many social classes when I was going to school that I couldn't keep up with them all. But see, I never fit into one piece of the puzzle or the other. I played football, but I wasn't a jock. All right, I didn't afford. I couldn't afford fancy clothes. My parents couldn't afford fancy clothes, so I wasn't a preppy. But yet, I did have clothes that wasn't dirty and nasty and that fit me, that wasn't hand-me-down like eight times, so I wasn't a part of the trailer park trash. So I was kind of like in between. But see, the thing that I was able to do that I truly, as I just was talking about pride, but I pride myself on was the fact that I could associate with anybody. Now, would they want to associate with me? Don't really know, but I could associate with everybody because I could always try to figure out what is the common uh, ground for everybody. All right. So the third thing I want to look at is lying because, you know, none of us has never lied. We've always told the truth. We've never tried to do a white lie. We've never did a fib. We never did a big lie. Well, here's the problem. All lies are sin and God warns us throughout the Bible. God tells us that he hates lying. And there are six things that the Lord hates and seven that are detestable to him. And lying is one of them. And we need to understand little lies, white lies, all of this lying is still lying. Because if we cannot 
be upfront and truthful for one another, then we're no different than the devil that goes around spreading these lies, who will tell you whatever it is that he thinks or you think you want to hear, because that's what he's going to do. All right. So we need to look at this and understand that lying is an absolute abomination to the Lord. If you look at Proverbs 12, 22, there is no little lies or lies that won't hurt anybody. The Bible tells us that Satan is the father of all lies. And as believers and as children of God, we are not the devil. And since we are children of God, we do we need to learn how to tell the truth more and be honest. Lying will only lead us down the dark road of sin. And I know some of you are listening and you're going, well, I don't know how much I believe in that because, you know, I can stretch the truth a little bit. Well, if you're stretching the truth, you're you're ultimately lying. Because it's it's like uh, it's like all the men that are listening. If your wife walks in a room and says, hey, what do you think about this outfit? How does it look on me? Well, honestly, we have two choices. We can tell the truth. And if it's not the truth she wants to hear, there could be issues. Or we can lie, which we can build her up, make her feel good. But at the end, it's still going to cause issues. Because I will tell you this, and and I'm a firm believer of this, and this has happened to me quite a bit in my life. I will tell you, once you tell a lie, you better stick with that lie and you're going to end up having to tell another lie on top of another lie to keep it going. Because as soon as you think you got it all figured out, that lie will start unraveling. And the next thing you know it, you're going to be sitting there with egg on your face. You have been caught red handed and ain't a doggone thing you could do about it. And whatever the punishment is, you're well deserving of it. Okay. The fourth sin that Christians sweep under the rug is the sin of profanity. In our modern cultures, it is considered cool to use profanity. Even Christian circles, we sprinkle it with watered-down ideas of profanity. Dangers such as, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. While walking down the street, listening to mainstream music, um, we're bound to come across some profanity. Even the profanity that seems cool or that's in the modern culture as Christians We do not need to use curse words. The Bible tells us to keep our tongues from evil. All right. So the watered down versions of cussing. And we all know the different cuss words that are out there. And we, it's, it's like when I was growing up, I'll say this. Let me, let me switch gears a little bit. All right. You have what I used to know as the, the big cuss words, which was the taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, using the big F word, and I'm not talking about fun, um, and stuff like that. And then you had the small cuss words. The small cuss words was the ones that people kind of slipped in every once in a while, and they still do today. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm as guilty as the next person. I cannot sit here and say, I don't cuss, because I would be lying. I do cuss. I shouldn't, but I do. Like I said, everybody says something. Now, what a lot of people have done, and I've noticed this here recently too, is is we're modifying the words, all right? We're trying to slip in a little something different on this. And what I mean by that is we're, we're wanting to sit there and, uh, uh, and saying, you know, what the F for fun. We want to sit there and go, what the? Or um, 
gosh darn it, um, holy smokes, you know, stuff like that. We, we sprinkle in a bunch of other stuff that we pass off as, oh, well, this is okay because I didn't say the word. Well, at the end of the day, we're still saying something under our breath and it's not being as Christ-like, all right? So this means we don't need to to speak as evil, such as curse words. Profanity is never used in a positive manner in the words that are normally used when someone is upset and angry. Although nowadays we tend to use cuss words in everyday conversations, despite the profanity that's being uh, it, being put out in the world, God calls us and tells us that we are not of this world. The Lord calls and tells us to follow his example and treat others kindly and urges us do not let unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only what's helpful to build up others according to their needs. And that's many of the benefits of being able to listen and being able to choose our words wisely. Because if we get in the habit of using profanity, then we're no better than anybody else because now we have profanity going on in our lives. Using profanity is a hard habit to break and it's possible only if you ask for God's help. Because I know a guy right now who out of his mouth, it seems like every other word is a cuss word. But it unfortunately, it's the way he grew up, all right? And I'm not trying to give him an excuse. I'm not trying to give him an out. I'm just simply saying there are people in this world that cussing is sewn into the fabric of their everyday existence, whether it's right or wrong. But as I know, it's wrong. And that's why I need to be careful and choose my words uh, wisely and not get upset and let things fly. You know, it's like the old uh, proverbial, what was it? Um, back in the day, the old comedy stick about uh, banging your thumb with a hammer. And, you know, you're sitting there mumbling under your breath as your thumb is throbbing and all this because you don't want to let that word out um, and stuff of this nature. But here's the thing. It's a part of our everyday life. How many of us drives down the road right now? Somebody pulls out in front of you. You have to slam on your brakes. You're not going to sit there and say, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Mm-mm, ain't going to happen. What you're going to do is you're going to sit there and start saying some words. It's going to cause the beeps to come out where it's like, you son of a beep, 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 beep. And it keeps going because we've all been there and we've all done it. If that makes any sense. All right. So the last sin that gets swept under the rug is idol worshiping in the Old Testament. Doing this was carving idols out for people to worship. However, in the modern day society, idols fall in much uh, different categories. Right? We idolize celebrities. We idolize their lives. We idolize their professions. We idolize everything about these people. Okay, they even made a, a show. It's been on for quite a while, and it's entitled American Idol. And so, we have idolized everything. In our culture today, we worship everything in our culture today, but most people find it difficult to worship God. And that's something I wish we could change. But as long as we have 
different uh, ideologies and the way we have our society and we keep trying to stomp out everything that has to do with God, it's going to keep continuing on. All right. As Christians, God needs to be number one in our lives. Christians tend to sweep this sin under the rug because we have normalized it within our society to adore the celebrities, even among Christian circles. And it has become more normalized to worship your spouses, to worship people that is in our communities, whether them worshiping the Lord. All right. Leviticus 26.1, it tells us, do not make idols or set up images or sacred stones for yourself. Do not place a carved stone in the land and bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. The Apostle Paul also tells us, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Instead of worshiping people, things, and ourselves, we need to worship God alone. Okay? We need to. Because I'm here to tell you today, I've seen it firsthand. Whether it is sports figures, whether it is movie stars, whether it is pop singers, whatever it is, we are setting up idols. We rather put our time and focus in worshiping people and the things of this world than we would to just stop and just give God the glory and the praise. Because if we did that as a society, then we are acknowledging his existence. And that's something a lot of people don't want to do. Because if you acknowledge God's existence, then you know that there is sin in your life. And if there's sin in your life, then you need to remove the sin. But if I remove the sin, it means I get away from what is feeling good, what is making me happy, so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. I'd rather not do that because I'd rather just follow the things of this world. So if I don't acknowledge God and I worship and I idolize everything else around me, then I can shut that out. That's what majority of them people or Americans think today. Because you look at everything under the sun that's happening, turn on your televisions, turn on your uh, radios, turn on your internet, you're, you're going to see it. It's in your face. All right. Because just for an example, last week, I think it was Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I think it's Amber Heard um, was in a court battle over defamation of their character, the attack of each other's character. The whole world was glued to any social media outlet that is telling you about the trial. Why? There are two people who got married. They should have never got married. They got married and they were suing each other for a boatload of money. And I thought it was just completely stupid. Just like going on this week is... Uh, the queen of England, her 70th year of reigning as a queen. So they're calling it the Jubilee and everybody is tuned into the TV, watching all of the carriages and the balls and the dressing and all this other stuff. Who cares? They're people. They're a part of a monarchy. She wears a crown. Is she going to save the world? Is she going to go to the cross for you and I? Is she going to save you from your sins? Absolutely not. The only person that could do that is Jesus. And he did it. He did it for you and I. All right. He went to the cross for you and I. He died and rose 
and showed us that there is a way to heaven. He wrecked, he did a reconciliation between us and God to where we are able to have that relationship and that communion with God. He was able to do all that. It wasn't an idol. It wasn't anything that you see on television or that you hear or whatever. It was, it was God. It was his divine purpose, his plan, and it all worked to perfection. Okay. So confessing to God, if you have ever swept any of these sins on the rug, we need to strive to confess our sins to God instead of trying to rationalize it. All right. God will forgive us of our sins and he will do all this if we're truthfully asking him for his forgiveness. First John 1 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Turning to God and asking for his forgiveness and being able to walk in the freedom of his forgiveness, that's what it's about. All right, you need to experience true growth as a Christian when you choose to confess your sins and repent and turn away from what you're doing. That's when you can experience that true growth with the Lord. We need to realize that that the Lord loves us and he's willing to forgive us for any sins that are in our lives. All we have to do is ask. So I want to thank all of you for taking that time today, spending time with me. Um, I really do appreciate it. I enjoy hanging out with you guys, being able to, to share uplifting and encouraging messages. We all have sins in our life, ladies and gentlemen. None of us is perfect. The only perfect one is Jesus. But we do have a Savior that we can go and ask for forgiveness. And if you're willing to let go of one of these five sins, or if not all of them, I don't know which one may be plaguing you in your life. My prayer, my desire, and my sincere prayer is that you will go to the Lord today and be able to get rid of that sin, to be able to quit trying to hide it, bring it into the light, and work on it. Because it's only between you and God that can work on this. Nobody else can help you. All right. So thank you so much for for joining me today. Hope and pray you guys are going to have a fantastic day. You can always reach out through our social media pages. Go to JesusInTheCupOfJoe.com. Um, subscribe, follow, and share. That's what it's all about, okay? So until next time, just remember, you always start your day with Jesus and a Cup of Joe. God bless.